Hey, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons, and we are so delighted and honored to have you in the house with us today. Today on the broadcast, we're going to be showing you part two of a message that we began last week entitled Cares That Choke the Word. It's from a series we're calling Casting All Our Cares. And if you missed that, let me encourage you to go to pearsonsministries.com or the Legacy Studios app Get caught up on what we've been talking about because there are some very powerful truths that you and I both need to understand and walk in in our lives. We were not built to carry the care. We've been instructed by Jesus himself to cast all our care onto him. And in last week's broadcast, we talk about how if humility casts the care, then it's pride that carries the care. But on this week's broadcast, we're going to get into truths about how to hold on to the word that we've been given because Jesus told us that Satan comes immediately to steal word that you've heard. But wouldn't you like to know how to hold on, a guaranteed way to hold on to everything Jesus has given you through his word and through his spirit? Well, that's what we're going to get into in this broadcast. I want you to hear this today, but more than hearing it, I want it to get in you. I want you to hear it with your spirit. And then I want you to trust the Lord that he's going to show you how to walk it out and how to cast all your cares on him. So let's go back to the service that we began last week from Phoenix, Arizona, entitled Cares That Choke the Word. One of the greatest things any pilot ever gets to hear is cleared on course. When you're taken off out of an airport, you might be taken off a, 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 a written procedure. And no matter really what your end destination is, if you're headed in this general direction, they might take you out here and air traffic control might take you out here, then make you turn north and then intercept this vector and so on and so on. And when you're leaving, especially a busy environment like you would find around here in Phoenix or Dallas or Los Angeles, there might be a lot of turns. You might be going this way and that way, but there's coming a moment when they come on the radio, once you've done all that and they say to you, they, they, they call your, your tail number and they say, you are cleared on course. Turn on course. Clear direct your destination. Every pilot loves to hear that. No more messing around. No more turning this way. No more turning that way. No more dodging traffic. No more dodging weather. We are cleared on course. That's what that word established means. Established on a course. I'm not going anywhere else now except to where he's called me to go. I'm established on my course. And Satan comes. We're going to read tonight and find out that Satan comes immediately to steal the word. And he would love nothing more than to eat you up, eat you alive, devour you with worry, care, anxiety, and stress. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pray in the Holy Ghost with me a moment, if you would. The word of the Lord to somebody tonight is, if you will deal with this, I'll deal with the cancer. That's for somebody tonight. The Lord's saying to you, if you will deal with the worry, I 
will deal with the cancer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But like we said, if you're going to deal with it, you're going to have to do it with the word. You're going to have to do it in faith. Thank you, Father. Go with me to the book of Mark. Do you have just a couple more minutes for me? Is this helping anybody? In the book of Mark. Thank you, Lord. For the sake of time, we won't read all of this, but you are familiar with what's going on here in Mark chapter 4. It's the same thing you see in Matthew 13, the same thing you see in Luke chapter 8. Jesus is telling what we have called the parable of the sower. I like Matthew's account of this. It says that Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. Brother Andrew, that's my vacation scripture right there. That's the house. That's the house I'm believing God to go to. The one where you can walk out and sit by the sea. That's a prime piece of real estate right there. And Jesus walked out of the house and he sat by the sea. And of course, people came to him. They wanted to hear him teach. And he said, behold, or look, let me show you something. A sower went out to sow. And he said, some seed fell on the wayside and the birds came and devoured it. Then he said, some seed, everybody say some seed. Some seed seed fell on stony ground. And he said, it sprang up, but it didn't have depth of earth and it couldn't take root. And the sun rose and it scorched it and it withered away. But then he said, some seed, say it again, some seed fell among thorns. He said, the thorns sprang up and they choked it and it became unfruitful. And the reason I had you say some seed, if you study this out, it literally translates to some of the same kind of seed. And that's important for you to know that not a bunch of different kind of seed was getting sown that day or in this illustration. That sower had a bag of seed and it was all the same stuff. And he would reach in there and cast that seed. And Jesus said, some of that seed fell on wayside. Some of the same kind fell on stony ground. And some of the same kind fell among thorns. Now, if you didn't know anything about seed or ground or any of this, if you were to stop right there, you would look at the seed that got sown on three different kinds of ground and produced nothing. If you were to stop right there, you would have to think there might be something wrong with this seed. It's not producing anything. But he didn't stop there, did he? He said some seed fell on what kind of ground? Good ground. Fell on good ground. It took root. It sprang up and it yielded some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So the moment this seed produced, you know right away, nothing wrong with this seed. And then his disciples came to him after Jesus had told this parable, and essentially, my paraphrase is, they said, Jesus, what's up with the parables? Why are you talking to these? These people came to hear you preach. I'm sure they appreciate all the agricultural and farming advice you just gave them. That's great. That's wonderful. But what's up with the parable? And Jesus made this statement to them. He said, if you don't understand this one, how then will you understand any of them? So there's something key to understanding in this parable that unlocks truth throughout the life and ministry of Jesus. He turned to them and he said, now hear the parable. 
I thought they all just heard it. No, they heard it, but they didn't hear it. I don't know of another way to say that. In Matthew 13's account of it, Jesus said, I speak to them in parables so that it's fulfilled what the prophet Isaiah said, seeing they don't see, hearing they don't hear. Unless they were to open their eyes and I could heal them. But Jesus said they see, but they don't see. They hear, but they don't hear. The only way I've ever really known how to describe this, do you remember this back years ago? It was kind of a fad for a while. They came out with these posters that just looked like geometric shapes. I don't even know how to describe it. It just was kind of a big rectangle of color and you couldn't really see that there was anything in it. But supposedly, if you would stand there and stare at this thing long enough and hard enough that a spaceship would appear. Do you remember this? Does anybody remember these? I never had one, but when I went to the store with mom and dad, I would always work my way over to where those posters were, and I would stand there as a kid and just stand there and try and try and try to see. How frustrating is it if you stand there trying your hardest to see what's in the picture and some other kid walks up and walks past and goes, hey, a spaceship. (laughs) Well, what's the problem? You're both looking at the same thing, but one of you sees it. You both see it, but really only one of you sees it. Now, everybody out there that day saw him, but precious few saw Jesus. Everybody out that that day heard a preacher, but very few heard him. And Jesus said, now I'm going to tell you the parable. Hear it. Now I want you to hear it. And he said, the sower sows the word. The sower sows the word. Now with just that understanding alone, that sends red flags up for me especially as faith kid growing up in faith house, growing up in word town where it was all about the word and everything was the word and you go to the word for everything. And there was nothing that we needed or wanted. My grandfather was famous for saying it. If faith in God's word can't get it, I don't want it in my house. (laughs) That's the way we live. But out of the mouth of Jesus himself, he said the sower sows the word. And if I'm looking at this right, three out of four times, the word didn't work. Didn't produce anything. Now, you know, there's nothing wrong with this seed. You know that the seed of the word of God is an incorruptible seed. You know that the seed of the word contains within it salvation, redemption, healing, deliverance, prosperity. All of this is in this seed. But out of the mouth of Jesus, this seed got sown four times and it failed to produce anything 75% of the time. So, thank you, Jesus. He's helping us identify what's keeping the word from working. He said the first kind of ground it got sown on was wayside ground. You know what wayside ground is? That's that hard, packed ground. That's the closest thing they had to concrete. 
The closest thing they had to cement was that wayside ground where people would walk and animals would tread and that ground would get so hard and so packed that when seed fell on it, it couldn't penetrate the earth and it would just sit out there right on the top. And that's why he said the birds came and devoured it. It was just sitting there. Of course they're coming to get it. And Jesus said, this is he who receives seed on the wayside ground is he who hears the word. It's a good start, but doesn't understand it. He said, Satan comes immediately to steal the word. He who hears it, but doesn't understand it. Now, folks, listen, I told you this. I grew up in church. So that means I have sat in my fair share of services where I sat right there. And at the end of the service, I said, huh? What? I don't get it. I mean, stuff is, I remember it just flew over my head. We would have Charles Capps. Who remembers Brother Charles Caps? He would come to our church and he would do a seminar. And guess what he would teach on? End time events and faith in God. These two things. And he would get in to all the end time stuff. And I remember sitting there as a kid, front row, people behind me, and Brother Caps is talking about these things, and they're going, oh, uh-huh, mm-hmm, that's good, that's right, uh-huh, that's right. I'm like, shut up, you don't know what he said. You have no idea what he's talking about. But listen, understanding the word doesn't just mean you mentally grasped and comprehended everything it was saying. That's not what the word understanding means. The word understanding means to have an understanding of the nature, the origin, the value of it. You understand the word when you understand where it comes from. You know, when you understand where a gift is coming from, even before you get the gift, it'll do something to your expectation of what it might be. I mean, if you got a crazy great aunt who calls every now and then, and oh, she's been in the attic again, cleaning out, and she's got something for us. I got a present for you. You come over here and get it. Okay, thank you. I'll be there. 2019, probably sometime. I don't know. But right on the other hand, maybe you got a rich grandpa. Anybody have a rich grandpa? Oh, man, you got to get one of those. They... <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't have a rich grandpa, you got to get one. They are awesome. They're amazing. I'm telling you the truth. I've got one. I've got one. And when my rich grandfather calls and says, Jeremy, it's Papa. Hey, Papa. Hey, I got something for you, boy. I don't even get the phone hung up good. I am out the door in the car pedal to the metal to his house run up the stairs ding dong I'm here you know what I mean why I don't even know what it is I just know where it's coming from and I know the kind of gifts that have come from this man from this place some of the nicest stuff I've got I mean, there, there is nobody that has done more for me or my wife or our family that has given more, that has blessed more, not to mention the spiritual heritage of faith that we have got. Are you kidding me? I'm so eternally thankful. 
So when that phone rings and Papa says, I got something for you, you don't know what it might be. You really, really, I mean, it, it could be an airplane. Go find out. <laughs> when you understand the nature of it, where it's coming from. And when you understand the nature of it, then you put value on it. You give honor to it. What do you do with the things in your home that are most valuable to you? You're away from home right now. Are all your precious valuables sitting out in the front yard? No. Is your vault where you keep your gold bars sitting out in the front yard? Your jewelry, your electronics, all your nice stuff, is it just sitting out there? No. What do you do with it? You, you, you treat these things. You protect these things. You put them in a safe place. You, they're, they're valuable to you. You honor their value. And Jesus said somebody who hears the word and doesn't understand it or doesn't value it, it's just like seed falling on ground and it didn't even penetrate. It's just sitting right out there. Satan can come and steal the word from anybody who hears it but doesn't put any value on it. Who won't honor the word. And I guarantee you, Satan is coming right away to try to steal what you have heard yesterday, today, and tomorrow. You want to make sure he can't take it from you? Value it. Honor it. Even if you don't mentally grasp the whole thing, you sit there and you hear this and you say, that's my answer. That is precious to me. That is valuable to me. And you don't let symptoms talk you out of by his stripes you were healed. Don't value the opinion of your own body or somebody else's diagnosis. Don't value that more than you value what the word of God has said about you and your healing. Give honor to his word. Jesus went into his own hometown. Do you remember that? And the Bible says there he could do how much? No mighty works. Why? Because a prophet is not without honor. The word came to town. The word made flesh showed up in town. And he came with the same willingness, the same ability to heal, set free, deliver, raise from the dead if need be. All of that same will of God that was present with him and flowing out of him in the town before, he came to his town with all of that and couldn't do anything with it because there was no value. The real problem was this. They were too familiar with him. We know you, they said. What are you talking about, anointed? We know you. You're from here. This is your brother, your sister. We know. Get, get down from there, boy. Come fix this table you made for me. Wobbly table. You get, get the anointed. Give me a break. Too familiar. Too familiar. Where there is too much familiarity, there's no honor. And where the word of God is not honored, where the things of God are not honored, when we're too casual in our approach to the word, too casual in our approach to his presence, too whatever about it, it has totally limited and cut off the ability of God to do in your life what the word can do. 
Jesus went on and said, this is the kind of seed that fell on stony ground. Wasn't talking about grounds that had a bunch of rocks sitting out on top. He's talking about ground with shallow earth and a layer of stone just beneath it. He said, yeah, that seed penetrated. They received the word with joy. Amen, preacher. Mm, That's good. Preach that. Say that. I believe that. That's good. Amen. Shout about it, somebody. Amen. Receiving the word with joy. But Jesus said, because they had no root, because they had no root, when persecution and tribulation arose for the word's sake, he said immediately they were offended. That word offended means to fall away, to separate, to disconnect. I mean, how much space does there have to be between a limb, a branch, and a trunk to totally cut off all the flow of life to that branch? You create space, you create distance, you've killed the branch. If the branch is not connected to the vine because of space, distance, a falling away, You've cut off all the life flow. And if you've cut off all the life flow, then you've cut off all the fruit. And if you've cut off all the fruit, then now there's no evidence of what kind of tree this is. That's what offense will do. And Jesus said, they don't have a root. We already established this this morning. What are you and I to be rooted and grounded in? The love of God. You want me to tell you why? The word's not working in your life like you thought it should, like you hoped it would, like you wish it would. Not a revelation of how much you're loved. You're still trying to earn something from it. You're still trying to perform in a way that measures up to convince him, to get you to get him to give you something. But God has never showed up on anybody's doorstep, knocked on the door and looked at them and said, wow, you're amazing. I owe you some salvation. I owe you some healing. I owe you some prosperity. God has never said that to anybody. Quick show of hands, ushers help me. Who in here earned their salvation? I see that hand. No, I don't see that hand. You didn't. Because you couldn't. Anybody earn the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? No, you didn't. You couldn't. These things in God are not earned. He didn't owe you anything, but He gave you everything. It's a gift. And what does that revelation in you do? That's a revelation of how much I am loved by Him. And the deeper I get in love, the higher I go in faith. Because faith works by the Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.